approaches. Exterminate! People and planets and stars will become dust, and the dust will become atoms, and the atoms will become nothing. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and we have reached the end of Series 4 of Doctor Who, the 2008 series of Doctor Who. So I want to say welcome back. And you know what? It's taken a little bit tonight to get him here, so I want to give him first go. Lee Shackelford, how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm cursing my computer because it's being uncooperative tonight, but, you know, here we are. Not as well. Here we are. So I have a speculation. So you mind if I speculate mm. for a moment? Speculate. So you know you 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 were having computer issues, right? Mm-hmm. And so computer issues, and you know, I can see Clarence just thinking, "Oh Lord, where is he going with this?" Mm. But computers are just made up of code, and computers are just a sequence of strands of commands all put together and perhaps mm-hmm. those could be zeros and ones zeros oh, and here one. we go and your computer binary, was going binary welcome back charlie chaplin charlie chester charlie brown yes yes but not charlie brown because that's fiction fiction brixton mixed and mixed but let's talk about someone that's not fiction clarence brown how are you I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. And as someone who works on computers, programming and stuff, um, there has been a time or two when I, too, wanted to throw my PC out the window. So uh, you're not alone, sir. You're not alone. <laughs> and considering the fact that I was telling you guys in chat before, it happened to me even with a Mac before recording before. So, hey, this happens Ooh. to all of us. What was me? Even. 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 Even, even with the Mac. So I say, let's just, uh, again, welcome back. And guys, let's get right into the news. Because while we were waiting on the Skype slash Windows issues to rectify themselves, I went on the internet, I looked around, and this kind of was interesting because it evidently just happened today. News is, and this is from Variety, so I'm saying that that is a certified true source. Peter Capaldi is cast in James Gunn's upcoming Suicide Squad movie for DC. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know who he's playing. I didn't see that, but Peter Capaldi in Suicide Squad. Hmm. Right. Yeah. No, no speculation. Comic story in over there. Uh, I, I have <laughs> no clue. It, he could play an older uh, version of Luther, maybe. I, I'm, I'm clueless. <laughs> I, 
Yeah, this would be interesting. Yeah, how often do you find me clueless, but uh, clueless nonetheless? So other than that, and Lee, I think you can help me on this one, and this isn't a good news to report, but I believe it was on the 29th of August, and this is the 3rd of September when we're recording this, legendary writer for Doctor Who, Terrence Dix, passed away. Yeah, if there's anybody who we can call the legendary Doctor Who writer, it's got to be Terrence Dix. He wrote so much of the classic series and the novelizations that many of us have read time and again uh, as well. Um, I commented on somebody else's page that, um, well, honestly, when, when I heard that he died, my first thought, and this happens a lot, of course, that people who live to a certain age, my first thought was Terrence Dix was still alive, but, but, but also just, um, uh, a little bit, a bit of, a bit of light goes out of the universe because I, I feel like I learned a lot about writing, especially writing for film and television from, from watching shows that he'd written. Mm. So, so I have to not only say, uh, adieu and rest in peace, but also thank you. Thank you, Terrence. Well said. Very well yeah. said. You know, I didn't realize, you know, I knew that he was on the show in the seventies, meaning not as, per se, on the show, but behind mm -hmm. the scenes on the show. I didn't realize until reading up, and this is, you know, shame on me, mm -hmm. but I didn't realize how integral some of the story points that he was a part of has to the lore of Doctor Who. For instance, yeah. uh, he and Malcolm Hulk um, had a hand in writing the war games, which, of course, this is when we get named Time Lords. Exactly, yeah. He's responsible for things like that, like Time Lord. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, how much, you know, there's a couple of things with Doctor Who. Companion, Doctor, TARDIS, Time Lord. Time Lord, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I, um, and you may want to throw a little bit of info behind this one. The, there is something that he had a hand in called, I think, the Brain of Morbius. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something about a name by, say, um, Robin Bland. So, do yes. You, would you like <laughs> to share just before we move on a little bit about Robin Bland? Yeah. Terrence Dix even wrote more of Doctor Who than has his name on it because he also collaborated with other authors and sometimes they would, um, pile them out under, um, pseudonyms when there was more than one author on them. And, um, yeah, he, um, Robin Bland. There's no such person as Robin Bland. That uh, that that was an amalgam of the work of Terrence Dix and other writers. Philip Hinchcliffe, I think. Um, I think no, uh, uh, close, 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 close. Robert Holmes. Robert Holmes. Yeah, that makes sense because Philip Hinchcliffe was the producer that season and might wouldn't might not have had a hand on the the scripts that way, but uh, a lot of them did anyway. But Sweet. Terrence Dix. Yeah, it is the end of an era. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. So our hats are proverbially off to him and condolences, of course, to his family. And thank you, good sir, for all of your contributions to what we are now talking about. So here, here. All right. So, guys, I have one other thing newsworthy that because on our last episode, we started by giving a shout out to our friend Nicole 
and she was on her way to Dragon Con. Well, she's been to Dragon Con <laughs> since, and according to the pictures, she's seen three of the people and has a picture with three of the people that we're about to talk about. That's right. Lucky her, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So I got to listen. She sent me last night her, um, what do we call those promo spots that, you know, where it's, hi, this is Lee Shackelford from Relativity and you're listening to discussing who, what do you call those things? Bumper. Bumper. Bumpers. Bumpers. So she sent me her um, bumper for Catherine Tate and and that was cool listening to that. So kudos to Nicole. Wow. Yeah. She got to meet Freema as well, which I know she was, had to be Googling over. (laughs) Oh yeah. I know know it's one of her favorites. So yeah, it, it looked really excited from the few pictures I saw uh, come out of Dragon Con from her. So good for her. Good yeah. for her, indeed. <laughs> very, very, very good for her. All right, so guys, I say let's just well, get. Yeah, I just want to offer up a little bit of news, and I should have told you about it before we started. But this actually got me excited because I know nothing of Ace or in Sophie Aldred, but mm-hmm. there's a trailer that just came out for the season 26 Blu-ray release. And she's back in character for a little snippet uh, highlight for the trailer. And it's it's a really fun trailer and got me excited to actually maybe even watch the last, I guess, the last canonical season before the new Who. That's Um, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks really fun. So you should definitely go check out that trailer uh, that they release uh, calls Ace Returns to Collection Season 26 announcement. So check that out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I just watched that this afternoon and had had the same experience. And uh, um, it is it's a great super cut of cool ace moments. Yeah, I hope it's not all of them, but <laughs> yeah, well, a, a, a lot of those shows were um, a, lot, a lot of her episodes did suffer from um, the paucity of funds, shall we say? And so uh. they had they had to rely on wit rather than spectacle. And uh, so she and uh, Sylvester McCoy did get some some wonderful situations and interesting characters to be around and some clever things to say, you know, but don't always make good trainer. Mm. You know, so the, yeah. So the explosions and things like that, they, they're got to all be in that trailer. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong here, but wasn't this also, when you say the, the cuts, this is when Michael grade was doing his proverbial or his historical, whatever the word is, his campaign, notorious. notorious. There you go. His notorious, uh, I'm out to get Doctor Who kind of let's get it off the air. And, and part of that was cutting, you know, the budgets. Well, by the time the, that series ends, the, the last of the ace and, uh, seventh doctor episodes were survival and survival. You just look at it and, and, you know, it's an interesting story, but you have to say, Wow, they've got one camera out there, and we're on location, and we have some people in um, some kind of raggedy makeup, and wow, and that's Doctor Who. Okie dokie. Uh, yeah, and we yeah, had the so. master with fangs, didn't we? Yes. <laughs> and and one of the great uh, exit lines of all time at the end of that episode, which uh, I'm told um, Andrew Cartmel came up with. More or less on the spot that it wasn't in the episode as scripted. And he just got with Sylvester and Sophie and said, look, let, let's do this. And I'm so glad because it, it is a, it is easily the best thing about the episode is that that parting shot. So, but, and be, you know, because I think everybody was aware this is, these may be the last words ever spoken on Doctor Who. Mm. So, 
Yeah. And, you know, there's, there, there's two things that excite me about that. I watched it too. And for it too, and because, well, let me back up. So let me say this. The doctor's error for the seventh doctor has traditionally been one of the least liked for me personally. I know that there are people who are diehard seventh doctor fans, but I was really not ever a fan of the doctor and ace. Here's two things that impressed me about this Blu-ray commercial that was on YouTube. Number one, it impresses me that, that Clarence is the one that mentioned it. It caught Clarence's attention, something <laughs> yeah. classic that caught his attention in what I consider to be some of the least like for me. So that makes me want to go watch it. And number two, seeing Ace in current day made me curious as to, hmm, I might like to see her make a guest appearance on Current. Yeah, a number of people have said over the years that we, we really need to do another kind of school reunion kind of thing. And if we bring back a classic companion, it ought to be Ace. Because um, we, we did find out, thanks to the TV movie, what happened to the doctor. But where's Ace? What happened to her? Uh, she gets her own adventures in um, Big Finish uh, and a lot of fan fiction. But um, canonically, where's Ace? And remember, she did make an appearance, at least, like you said, Big Finish, also with the cast of Class. That's right. I did forget about that. Yeah. So, so very cool. Thank you, Clarence. Uh, appreciate it. I'm glad you brought that up. I had forgot to mention that. So, cool. Thank you. All right. So, let's go ahead and say, if you have not seen Journey's End, put us on pause. Go out. Watch the episode. Come back. Because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 So the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review Journeys In. This episode was the 13th episode of the 2008 series of Doctor Who, and it picked up immediately where the previous episode, The Stolen Earth, concluded. It originally aired on the 5th of July, 2008, and at the time, it was the longest-running finale, even compared to the Christmas specials, but not including Voyage of the Damned. So, gentlemen, and Clarence, I'll start with you on this. General overview, what did you think? The, the fun continues, man. The fun continues. And um, it gets to the point where I don't even care why they're together again, but <laughs> but to see these these group of actors uh, back for what I was I was trying to frame or to go through in my head, like, is this the greatest Doctor Who reunion uh couple of episodes in, in the entire series and, and and in my opinion it probably is i don't want to <laughs> say that definitely but I, I do think it might be one of the greatest reunions maybe even i'm, I'm just thinking like television period um the reunion of mm-hmm. past characters and different shows and stuff it's really a great reunion show and they have a good excuse to get together and it's always fun and what we get to see with with Donna by the end of this is just special. So I loved it. All right. Lee, what say ye? Mm, the same thing right down the line. It's just such a super engaging hour of television. And we'll talk about it in more detail. But the things that we are asked to hold in our minds and our hearts over the course of this hour, it's it's almost exhausting. 
There's just so much that happens of such high stakes. Any one of these things would be in another episode, but there's a, but they just keep coming in this one. So, uh, but what a ride, what a ride. Yes. And it was a ride that I was 100% on boat, on board for. I don't care if it was a boat ride, a planet, uh, you know, uh, whatever it was a hundred percent. I was on board. I was loving this. I agree with everything both of you just said. By far, I think that I would only put as far as quote unquote reunion goes, I would put day of the doctor slightly ahead only because of the curator. But other than that, <laughs> I say this was the best finale this was the best wrapping up of a series this was the best all around best 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 i love this so why don't we start at the regeneration we stopped with to be continued so let's start out with the doctor regenerates heals himself and puts all the regeneration energy into his hand so lee what did you think of that as far as seeing this kind of red herring, so to speak, what did you think? <laughs> I, because I knew it was coming, I guess I, I had to try to reach back to my experience of seeing it the first time where I, I just, I would like to have had a picture of what I what my face looked like I was, as I was watching it because um, I think it, my mouth was open. Just go, what are they? What's what <laughs> is this going to go where I think it's going to go? Because yes, it is. Wow, what does that mean? <laughs> what? Uh, hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 a uh, an exciting visual, um, and you know we're already thinking ahead. Even while it's still a glowing animation, we're thinking, well, he's not going to have his suit on, is he? <laughs> so we, we're 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 getting a little ahead of Donna's um, line about that, but yeah. Well, what about you, Clarence? What did you what did you think about that? Uh, of course, it, it made me think of future instances. Um, not to give too much away, but of course, Matt Smith and Peter McCauley, Capaldi, when we see these flashes of this regeneration energy and how it's played around within the future, it made me think like, is this the first time we really play around with it that way? Um, and to that, I don't really know, but, uh, I think it, it, it leads to an excellent reason for some of the things we see later in the episode. And, you know, if we think it's stupid that he could do that, um, it might be a little weird, but it's new. It's new. And again, like this is, it's going to get worse later down the line in different episodes of, of playing around with regeneration energy. So I don't know. I thought it was fun. And, you know, it, it wasn't quite time. It would have felt weird if he would have left right at that moment. So I'm, I'm glad he stuck around. <laughs> yep. I was so happy that he was not gone. You know, I know that was a false positive that, you know, oh, he's not going anywhere because, you know, hey, we found out that he was. But I was like, oh, yes, he's not going. This is my favorite doctor. He's not going anywhere. And so I was so happy. I was not sure yet in my understanding what the implications were of putting the energy into the hand. And, of course, we come to find out later that while he did not change his face, technically that checked off one of the boxes for, ooh, this is another regeneration. So that by the time Matt Smith rolls around, spoilers, I won't finish that sentence. But uh, yes, it did use up 
one of the regenerations. Um, if you guys will um, indulge, indulge. Thank you, indulge. I don't know me. how I knew that, but thank yeah. you. It's that sure. you know that 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 metacrisis brain going on. <laughs> if you guys would indulge Contact. me for a moment, contact. Uh, if you'll indulge me for a moment, what I want to do is go back and comment on a regeneration. And I was watching a little bit of Power of the Daleks this weekend. And that, of course, is the first episodes after or the first story after Patrick Troughton took over. And there's always been some back and forth as to Troughton referring to the first doctor as the doctor. So Lee, I want to ask you, did you ever have any thoughts as to why he referred to himself almost like in the third person when referring to the first doctor completely as almost a separate being at first? Yeah. I, the only reason I could think of that was the only reason I could think for that was that, um, I couldn't think of a canonical reason why, but that, that as a, um, as a storytelling point, it was to, to raise the possibility, at least, that that's not the doctor, as one of his companions believes. Um, so just, so it, it establishes that there's this period after the doctor regenerates where he's, um, he's not sure of himself. And so that was great, a uh, great bit of, um, canonicity that we've been able to keep and uh and it was great this time because uh it, it heightened the mystery yeah he was referring to himself in the third person that's so weird and then of course he stops doing it mm. but um you know I, I i just think it was purely for uh the sake of the storytelling and I, I don't have a canonical explanation for it at all okay so i don't know why and, and i like that but i don't know why watching Journeys in made me think of this, but it did. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I was watching Journeys in after I watched that. And that's what made me think of this is there is a scene later on. I think it is in the episode, The Name of the Doctor. And the doctor says to his companion, Clara, he says, my, my real name is not important. You're, the the name you choose, it's like a promise to yourself. So I'm thinking to myself, we know that the doctor has a name that we don't know. So maybe we could say, since this was the, between the first and the second, maybe the doctor had not yet decided on whether or not he was going to continue calling himself by that name. Mm. Hmm. So that's, that, that is an interesting idea. Yeah. So that just popped into my head. So yeah, I just wanted to I bring like it up. It. Yeah. So while I'm mixing and mingling thoughts, I got a question for you guys. <laughs> what did you guys think of the mixing and the mingling of the uh, whole bunch of companions from all the way from series one all the way to series four from three different television series connected to Doctor Who? What did you guys think of that mingling? Clarence, why don't you take that one first? What did you think of how they paired off different characters and how they played off of each other? Oh, man, it goes back to the last episode. It just works somehow. Um, I, I believe, or it seems like they managed to give everybody, you know, maybe not a lot of time, but they get their quips in, they get their interactions in. Um, once again, fun seeing Jack and Donna kind of interact a little bit. But everybody gets their moment and such a hard thing to do while you're also trying to uh, have this 
somewhat complicated storyline going on, but again, span- <laughs> but uh, th- thankful for us, it spans over two episodes, so it, it it's a little easier. But I I think all of the interactions that we saw um, were just fun, just fun, and um, playing to the fan base. <laughs> all right, so if you had to pick yeah. a favorite pairing, what would the favorite pairing be? Oh man. Good question that I hadn't thought about. <laughs> All right. So think about it while I ask Lee about what do you think of the, the mixing and the mingling and the pairings in general? And then we'll come back to you. Oh, it's so skillfully done. I just, we, we spent a little time with uh, uh, Mickey and Jackie, and then we code over to what Martha's doing with the Osterhagen key, and then back to the, the doctor, and then back to, uh, well, the doctor and Donna, and then, and then back to, uh, maybe back to Gwen and Yanto, and then, you know, Back and forth and back and forth, and, and it, 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 it feels breathless. Uh, it, it keeps the episode moving so quickly because we just have these little glimpses and keep cutting back and forth between them. So you're almost disappointed when we get them all into the same room. But, but my golly, to, to keep telling the story, we have to start getting more and more of them into the same room yeah. just so we can have a, have a coherent conversation. You know, mm-hmm. Because there's also Davros and Dalek Khan having their scenes and their conversations and, as it's all coming together. It's it's really amazing. Okay. So, Lee, if I were to ask you your favorite pairing, which would it be? Whoosh. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I was always interested in what's going on with uh, Yanto and um, Gwen. It's, it's funny now that I, I say that because there's so very little of that. Yeah. And um, and it's interesting to see Sarah Jane with Jackie <laughs> and Mickey, you know. Yeah. Um, but Sarah Jane knows Mickey. You know, so they, they kind of have to make those connections. Uh, yeah, and it looks like for a minute, like Jackie's going to be left behind, which is a, a, a thrilling moment. It's really, we're, we're really afraid because we know people can die. We've already seen Harriet Jones die. Yeah. She's dead. We know that this, this end of the season, uh, that we, we are not above killing off characters here. And it, for once, it really looks like this is it for Jackie. There's just no way out of this, but there is. Mm-hmm. Hooray. All right, so uh, Clarence, back to you. Do you do, do you have a pairing yet that you thought just really stood out to you? Yeah, I think I'm just a Jack Harkness fan. So <laughs> Jack with anybody is great to me. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right. no, you can hug me now. No, you can. You can. Hug me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I like that too. But but as we talked about that trailer of, of Ace earlier in our news section, it, it makes me think like, why don't we have more of uh, knew who dipping into the the lives of what the other companions might be doing because to, to me that an easy win that would be an easy win and a fun thing to do you know especially for these actors that are still around you know why not why not do that you know? Chibnall if you're listening <sighs> hint 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 <laughs> yeah I how many how many fans of the classic series want us to see Susan while there's still time? Hint, hint, I mean, hint, hint. I mean ding 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 ding. Cloister Bell Goom. Yes. As in the woman has said, I want to come back. I will come back. Yes. Just let me come back. And the doctor himself promised that he would come back. And I don't yeah. care if it was in Big Finish or if it was in audio or if it was in book. We still want to see it on screen. Yes, it's canon. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So mixing and mingling for me, I, I don't know why this just like was so cool to me, but I really enjoyed Sarah Jane and Jackie kind of yeah. backing up what you guys said. Cause I would not have seen them playing well off of each other, but they <laughs> did. And it didn't feel awkward. It felt totally 
organic when when she runs up to Mickey and is like, you know, hey, Mickey, and whatever. And then she says, where's the hell is my daughter? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, which is funny because other than that slight moment we had in the last episode where Rose was, you know, like, who is Martha? You know, other other than that, I think every other interaction just was smooth and it worked, you know, flawlessly. So, And it was interesting. She had that jealousy seeming last episode, but then this episode, she makes the reference of, wow, she's good. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of, wow, she's good. What did you guys (laughs) think of the Osterhagen key? (sighs) It kind of depressed me to be honest. Yeah. But when in an impossible situation where you may be subject to slavery or who knows what else is worse by an alien threat, I'm still not so sure suicide is the answer, but it's a tough one. It's a tough one because torture is bad, but you know, it's like you're giving up all hope. But part of uh, Martha's spill there is this is the last resort when there is no hope. So. When when a threat becomes too great for the human su- human suffering, mm. this is the option. But suicide, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's <laughs> well, al- it's almost like you're saying. And sorry to interrupt, Lee, but it's right. almost like you're saying, not you know, as the character that you're looking, you're starting with a negative. You know, you're not looking for a way out. You're starting. You spend your your end game as being. Let's let's destroy ourselves. And I yeah. wonder if this a this is a product of uh, Harriet. Mm. I don't know if they say in the episode. No, we don't really know who created the whole um, uh, whole wholesale suicide for the planet uh, thing. Um, uh, we just know that we have the key that's called Osterhagen, and, and then there's that lovely bit of you know talking to himself thing. <laughs> the doctor says, "Whose idea was that?" Well, somebody <laughs> in Osterhagen, I suppose. You know, that's a terrible idea. But yeah, it's it's not just suicide. It would be suicide if you took a poll of everybody on the planet and everybody said, "Yeah, let's do it," right? Yeah. And that's yeah. not what this is. Smart. Yeah, mm. it's it's genocide. There's there's only a few people who even know this thing exists, and they're going to decide to blow the whole planet up. Mm. Speaking it, of, you have the mm. gentleman who doesn't even give his name. You know, he says, "I don't want my name attached to this." Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I wonder, like, is it? In this situation, you can conceivably twist it to say it's a need of the many when this one planet could derail the rest of the universe being destroyed. Mm-hmm. And, and Martha says that. And, and, you know, that's the point at which we're, I think, in the audience, we're going, well, she's got a point. Mm. But <laughs> but let's let's destroy the lost moon of Poosh instead. Let's, you know, <laughs> uh, while well, we're... <laughs> Self-preservation. Clum. Yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, you know, I think it was another way to cleverly put in this commentary about the Daleks, because I find it very interesting that you go back to the creation of the Daleks, and this is in 1963, so we're not long out of, you know, less than 20 years out of World War II. And we know that uh, Terry Nation mirrored the Daleks a la the Nazis. And I find it quite interesting that you have Martha materialize in Germany 
and you have this woman who is obviously speaking German who obviously doesn't approve of what's going on. I thought, I think that dichotomy, you know, that reversal, you know, here's this German woman in the supposed, you know, to early 2000s saying, no, this is you not can't right. Be like that. Yeah. But, and we do get the Daleks speaking in German to the local population yes. too, which is, uh, I'm sure, uh, if Terry Nation had still been around, he would have loved that moment. Exterminaten. <laughs> uh, which I read up and I did not know this. That is not the common word that they use, um, for exterminate or, you know, in. Right. But no, it needed to sound right to our, our ears, our Anglophonic ears. Yes. But the reversal, it, when it was dubbed in German, it was you, they used the term that was similar to what, correct me if I'm wrong here, that the Nazis used as their mantra. Mm. So interesting. Very yeah. interesting. So same point getting made. Same point. Exactly. Exactly. So let's get into the reality bomb. So what did you guys think of this concept that Davros has come up with of a reality bomb? Let's destroy everything. (laughs) With the infinity gauntlet, but everybody dies. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I really like the effects on it. I really like the effects Mm. and universal genocide is pretty much what we're going for here. And other than their own race, of course, uh, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty cool concept. You know, I really, cause, cause I was getting a little confused on what they were doing versus what Rose was doing on her planet. Cause they were doing some reality type things as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I got a little confused in the mix with those two. But I mean, as far as the reality bomb as a concept, I think it's really cool. And, um, the sure not excitement what they have to do to actually make this work with all the planets i thought was a a good plot point and uh fun to visually see on the screen Mm. so lee what say you yeah exactly the same it is just visually fascinating and uh we're gonna we're gonna revisit uh genesis the daleks after this right yes and uh and there we'll we'll get the what what could be the beginning of this thought process process is that the doctor poses this kind of what if to Davros about power. And I think he's trying to make a point to Davros about where the lust for power gets you. And what we learn is he's already there, man. If he could destroy the whole universe just to say that he did it, uh, mm. just he'd do it. And, but he doesn't have that kind of power. And here in this episode, we learn to our horror. Now he's got it. Or at least the Daleks have it, because as it'll turn out, is he actually yeah. running the show here? So it's hard to tell. So I'm going to make a speculation, and, and I know I'm totally off on my speculation, but I think there are so many parallels here that I want to make the speculation. And my speculation is going to be that the people behind Avengers Endgame had to have seen Journeys in. Because Clarence, when you were describing all these different characters coming together from different franchises per se and intermingling with each other and it just feeling natural, I was sitting there seeing, you know, the cast of Black Panther, the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy, the cast of the Avengers, everybody mingling together and it just all making sense. Then you get to the reality bomb and you have the people just turn to dust. 
Okay. And yes, you collect five or six stones are in Avengers. Well, you collect 27 planets in this story. There's so much similarity here and you have a man, a madman behind it all. So yeah. a lot of similarities. Yeah, either that or the Doctor Who people are fans of comics. You know, take your mm. pick. Mm. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna say I, I like I like comics copying Doctor Who better. So, no, <laughs> oh, I mean uh, RTD had done it first. I think it's. Uh, yeah. um. But interesting, <laughs> nonetheless. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, when I, when well, I was just going back to the actual. Uh, isn't it the Finley Gauntlet? The the name of the comic that it, that the story from. Uh, in-game comes from. Yeah, it is. It is, and that was in the 90s, so I'll give it that. Oh, okay, okay. So so maybe maybe RTD re- did read a comic. Who knows? Maybe. Oh, and there are lots and lots of stories about, <laughs> I mean, going back, you know, a thousand years of, uh, you know, uh, if if you can just get this piece and this piece and this piece together, then you'll have this this mighty power. I was just watching the, uh, the silent film of uh, Siegfried, the other day, and um, you know, and if he can get the the magic sword of his father's, and if he can bathe in the blood of a dragon, and if he can get the helmet, you know, <laughs> it's just you know, on it. So you know, yeah. And and maybe the element is not necessarily whether it's Doctor Who or whether it's Avengers or whatever the case may be. Maybe the element is you have to start with a good concept because without a good concept, everything else is going to fall apart. Very true. Very true. An and example it, it, of that might be the five doctors. Yeah. <laughs> Although I feel the tragedy of five doctors is that it really is a good idea. It's just terribly, terribly badly executed. executed. Good point. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you what I think since you asked. I'll t- hey, <laughs> hey Lynn, what do you think? Pre- Thank you. I, I, I was going to say, I'll pretend that you asked me because what struck me about this this storytelling this time around is that is the way that we keep heightening the stakes of what we're going to lose uh, of how we're going to how we're going to make the audience suffer we're going to see somebody die we've been told over and over again that one of these companions is going to die it really looks like it's going to be jackie but it isn't okay misdirection who is it going to be okay they're going to destroy the tardis and donna's still inside it's going to be Donna. And then, holy smoke, they can kill the TARDIS. Wow. And then we get this Osterhagen nonsense, and we realize we can destroy the entire Earth in this episode. Well, and then Davros does his big reveal. He's going to destroy everything that there the reality is. Bomb. Yeah. How much yeah. can we lose and suffer over this? And then it all comes crashing back down to the personal level again. What we're really going to lose before we get to Donna's final tragedy is the doctor's illusion about himself that he's a man of peace because he's oh, not. He, he has used other people as his weapons and as his cannon fodder his whole oh. life. And there it is. And Devros, your children of time transform into murderers. Exactly. <laughs> and Davros laughs because he's, he's won. Your soul revealed, doctor. Yeah, and the way David Tennant plays that is is, is I, I think wonderful. It's so it's very understated, of course, but it's just what can he do? He can't do anything because he knows it's true. 
it's it's a it's a devastating devastating moment the whole series i just it's it's a body punch after after we thought all these other things were going to be the things that, that got us and then this pow mm. so what do you think Clint? Think, oh no go ahead no, well, then the Daleks blithely take Martha out of the Osterhagen chamber, and then they take Jack and Sarah Jane away from their dwarf star. And, you know, so the, he let them think they were going to be able to do this. Davros did. And then, you know, he, he only let them get away with it long enough to make his point to the doctor. And then he had them transmitted out. You know, I just you're completely impotent now. Neil, he says. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, and honestly, I don't know which is more painful as a fan hearing that um, Davros' words about the companions, or what we actually see the human um, hybrid doctor um, do part time yeah. or part human. Yeah, that's heavy. It is. <laughs> that's really heavy. And oh man, it seemed like what was seventy seventy five percent fun cascaded into you know pain after pain after pain in the last the last act of the episode yeah right it's like god the only way this could get worse is if we go back to bad wolf bay oh here we go (laughs) (laughs) and here we are but you know i so you have a little bit of comedy right before that starts getting bad with the whole (laughs) uh you know that when the meta crisis actually happens and you see the um you know, Donna reach out and then the the hand becomes a body and she's like, oh, you're naked. Yes, I am. And then, you know, they have their comedy back and forth. So that was that that was cool. But does it say something about humanity, us as a race of people, as a species of people, whatever you want to call us? What does it say about us that it is us, the part of us in the Metacrisis Doctor that spurs him to do what the real doctor never did, which is commit genocide. Mm, yeah. It's 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 a sad commentary because you know one one of the things I often think of when I think of the doctor and his companions, I think of the companion, and I think this is probably a large opinion by a lot of people. We see the companion as his uh, levativity, as the person that's keeping him grounded, keeping him from going too far with yeah. their. Um, with their human traits, their, their, uh, compassion. And they're, they are pushing that over to the doctor and the doctor uses that to not go too far, do something really, really bad. But what so hurtful in the sense of, of the time Lord human version of the doctor is that that same human sense or, or part of the human that, that makes you maybe not do something bad. There are traits there as well. That can cause you to go swiftly in the other direction and, you know, just, just do something cold, just cold. And, I, and we have to say that's the human side of him that made him do that. I think, I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whether we like it or not, we have to go back to Cherry Nation again. He based these murderous monsters, the Daleks, he based them on the Nazis who you know, whether we, we like to talk about Nazis like they're a race from another planet, but that's us, ladies and gentlemen. That's human beings. That's people. We do stuff like that. Yes. Look at, I mean, and not trying to be political or any, any huh? shape, form, or fashion, but look at the things that we as a people do. We turn on the TV 
every week, unfortunately, it seems like. And you hear about a random person, and I'm not trying to be, you know, make levity of anything, but basically doing like a Dalek is, does and goes out and just starts exterminating. I mean, and again, I'm not trying to be funny and make a joke there, but that's what these people that we see on the news do is they're, Intent is to kill as many people as I can before I'm either apprehended or most likely killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So yeah. we there's even a name for it now. They call it you know suicide by police. Right? Yeah, you know. So, so yep, yeah, that's us. Yep, and I, I and I agree with everything both of you just said. It's a it's a dark commentary, and it's but I think it's a necessary commentary and it's i think will be interesting going back to 1970 i believe it was what 1975 74 75 genesis of the daleks um and seeing where this all began and seeing because i love that scene where davros and sarah jane come face to face and that rec- he recognizes her. And I thought, yes. you know, that was so profound that, you know, he remembered her. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's a wonderful tension. And I love the way Elizabeth Slayton plays that. She was sure she'd seen him for the last time. <laughs> yeah. Nope. All right. So let's, let's move on a little bit into something. Well, I was looking to say something brighter, but, mm, you, yeah. you know, we, we get to the point to where, the meta crisis has happened and you know this is right before the genocide he runs out he being the uh meta crisis doctor and davros electrifies him shoots you know electricity then donna runs out or gets shot as well and then you know the reality bomb counts down we get to zero nothing happens because donna has been changed not saved changed so, what did you guys think of the Dr. Donna? Hmm. Uh, first, I'll just add the two shots that they suffered um, before we get the awesome Dr. Donna. Uh, seems like in any, other, any other episode, they would have been dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, yeah. I'll go with it. I'll go with yeah, it. That's she was newly regenerated, and so was he. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, right. I'll buy that as a canonical explanation. See, I'm getting yeah, it was this. a minor character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. But, but that, but you're that, right. If they're minor characters, they'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. But that does spark. Uh, they use that as a tool to spark this, um, uh, I guess, the doctor within Donna. And, you know, she got transferred or changed as well. Uh, man, Catherine Tate is friggin' awesome. She, to hear her reel off those rather complicated series of words so admirably is I, awesome. I mean, techno babble to the best. Yes. <laughs> it was just so great to see. And oh man, I wonder how many takes she had to do for that because I'm impressed. Color, color me impressed. But, but to see her, you know, after early on in the episode, we get, I guess, a few, times of her thinking that um she's not worth anything how can she be this this um such an important person and she had self-doubt um as she has throughout most of the series Mm -hmm. but but uh this is her moment to shine and she does so beautifully and i'm just so happy for her to see her with that same 
you know, like that as the doctor has. It's, it's just fun to see. Okay, Lee, what say you? Yeah, all the same. And I just, you just can't help but think it would be so cruel if this wasn't permanent. Um, <sighs> yeah. That would be so cruel. So, 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 so here's, here's what really stood out to me watching it this time. I've seen this and especially these last 30 minutes of this episode so many times uh, mm. th- that, that some of it is just such in memory, but this is the first time that I've seen it since we saw Catherine Tate at Pensacon <laughs> this year. And yeah. I, I, as I'm watching this and I'm hearing her, like Clarence said, spout off all of these mumbo jumbo words and hearing her say that she had no idea of anything she was talking about the entire time she was on. Like she's just reading a script and thinking, my God, how talented are you that you have no <laughs> clue of what you're reading and you're making such wonderful television. But, but, yeah. but what kept coming back <laughs> to me over and over and over again is the fact that she just now recently realized how popular she is as a, as a character, you know, as someone. Yeah. But how popular. And I'm like, how could you not know how much people love this character after that? You know, you did so great. How could you, how could, how could we as fans have let you down and not let you know? How okay, that's a different question. Yes. Yeah. And maybe that's what I should be asking is yeah. how could we not let this person know yeah. how wonderful this character's portrayal was? So yeah, for her, that was just another day's work. But yeah, we, we dropped the ball and not letting her know. So yeah. So let's get on to the, so we know the, the genocide happens. We know, you know, the, the metacrisis doctor destroys the Daleks. You know, hey, they have to be destroyed. They're kind of like deer. You gotta, you know, call the, 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 the call them back a little bit. It's you know, thinning the, out of the Daleks. Yeah. Thinning mm-hmm. out of the Daleks. Okay. You know, and we course, did get it down to four once, you know. We did. <laughs> and we have the cult of Scarrow no more because I thought that was an interesting change. You, you, Back to that contact again. You read right where I was going. Uh, yeah. The, the uh, Dalek Khan, his prophecies all along, that he is the one that pushed Donna and the Doctor together all those times. I thought that that was interesting. It's just one more brilliant twist in this script, so full of twists and turns. And I just love that. And, of course, he's up there laughing <laughs> because this is what he wanted all along. <laughs> Okay. All right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, like, it, it it makes me think about how we as people are so willing to follow someone who seems visionary or mm. um, uh, who, who, but the whole time they're leading us down a path that we may not want to go. And yeah. they are seeing uh, Dalek Khan as this prophet from on high or something to that effect mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. they are they are following him blindly and if you've read any story of any cult in the american histories go search yeah. and find many uh it's the same thing what happens here right <laughs> that's, that's right. right leads them to their demise yep. and i guess the twist here is that he wanted all of this to happen from the very beginning because he thought that was what's what was supposed to happen but but yeah. they just finally followed in. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
Yep. You know, you know I, I, I just think that this was another example again of this just being a, I don't know, this was just a great, great episode. And it leads into one of my favorite all time scenes of Doctor Who, which is the let's fly planet Earth back home. I thought that was the one of the best scenes in Doctor Who that I've ever seen was that everybody around the TARDIS, everybody, um, you know, smiling. They're all six sides of the car, uh, you know, six sides of the TARDIS. Not you, Jackie. <laughs> you just stay over here. You know, that, that, that was so cool. And all of that with the Ood singing, you know, song of freedom in the background. That to me was just, ooh, it sends chills every time I watch it. We're telling you, though. Sarah, hold that now, Mickey. You hold that. Because you know why this TARDIS is always rattling about the place? Rose, that, there. It's designed to have six pilots, and I have to do it single-handed. Well, I thought, keep that level, but not anymore, Jack. There you go, steady that. Now we can fly this thing. No, Jackie, no, no, not you. Don't touch anything, just stand back. Like it's meant to be flown. We've got the Torchwood Rift looped around the TARDIS by Mr. Smith. We're going to fly planet Earth back home. Right then. Off we go. So what do you guys think? It it struck me this time, I think for the first time, that it is fun to see uh, who are the the groups that we see on Earth. We see... um, uh, Wilf and Sylvia hanging on to things in the kitchen, and we see <laughs> Luke and a K9 trying to hold on to things at uh, Bannerman Road, and we see um, uh, Yanto and Gwen holding on to things at Torchwood. Um, are those the three we cut between? Well, we see uh, Martha's mother outside at the very uh, end yeah, of that. At the end of that, yes, uh, you see, yes, saying uh, hallelujah, but but. <laughs> Uh, but we see, you know, things falling off the shelf and everything shaking and so on because we're hauling the earth across the universe. And it occurred to me, if if that many things are shaking all over the planet, people are dying. I, I'm sorry, yeah. but the, yeah. there are hospitals and, um, I don't know, construction sites that might have had people working on them. And, uh, you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I just – it it is fun, and I love how the the gleefulness of everybody involved. But yeah, it did strike me for the first time this time that wow. Um, let's hear the body count after we get the Earth back to where it belongs. But there was fireworks too, so instantly too. And uh, as somebody who's worked on big fireworks like that too, I call no way. <laughs> you, you can't just pull a fireworks display together like that. But what whatever whatever. We don't know how much time it passed. Well, see, we know while they were waiting there that the people of the Earth knew that the doctor would protect them. So they went ahead and got their fireworks out just in case. Go ahead and plan the celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we saw when the people were looting the stores. (laughs) How do you like my gun? Yeah. Yeah, Which is funny because they talk about the, the doctor talks about the rain, the weather patterns being messed up for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) They don't talk about anything else. It it seems like it would have been like, um, what's the, one of those national or, or, um, planet wide disaster movies is probably what would have been going on. Exactly. 
simple feel to it, yeah. Well, the simple fact that the Earth had been stranded out there without the moon, if we want to get really morbid, yeah. you know, your tides would be totally off. Yes. All right, so let's go to Bad Wolf Bay. What about that? Yeah. Where I think the big question is, does Rose ultimately get a good deal or or does she make do? <laughs> mm. Okay, I want to hear what you guys say because I, I may have that same question. So go for it. Well, they rationalize it by saying, or the doctor rationalizes it by saying that um, this doctor that you have right now um, is just like I was when – you know, I first met you. So I don't know if it's poetic or not, but it would seem that 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 Rose could usher a similar journey for this doctor as mm-hmm. as she did with, um, you know, the very first episode of Rose. So I saw it, you know, I saw it awesome in that sense. Uh, but it's fun. It's always weird when it's the same person, but not really the same person. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> mm. What do you say, Lee? See, there's one of the Shakespeare comedies that has a, a, a dark turn in it um, in uh, Much Ado About Nothing. We think that uh, the uh, the heroine, whose name is Hero, that the hero has died. And the, the, the man that she's supposed to marry, of course, is, uh, uh, you know, bereft of his bride. But her father comes around and says, but fear nothing. She had, unbeknownst to you, an identical twin sister. Uh. And so... Who is just as beautiful as she is. And I think as an audience, we're all supposed to go, what? That's not a, no, that's not just as good. That's somebody yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and Rose says, but he's not the doctor. Oh. And the doctor says, yeah, 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 he is. <laughs> and we guess this other guy, this skinny boy in the suit can say, I love you. And so she turns and kisses him. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, I st- I don't I still don't know. After all these years, I still don't. Uh, I don't know. But maybe Donna said it best. Do don't you understand what he's trying to give her? Yeah, she, you know he's giving her a version of himself that will not look the same as he does today when she dies X number of years. Well, that's right. You know they yeah. grow to they grow yeah. old together. Yeah, yeah. And isn't that part of companionship, as in, you know, that romantic companionship is the growing old together, not just, you know, take the physical out of it, you know, but the, 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 the tenure of time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that and this we, person that would be see, able to do that. That's right. As we got to see glimpsed and, um, um, <laughs> the human two nature, part of it I say yeah. is my favorite. Thank you. Human, human nature, nature, family of blood. blood. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, I think you're exactly right. And, and the doctor had given her the bad news before. You know, he said, you can grow old with me, but I can't grow old with you. Mm. And so now th- this doctor can. It still feels like a consolation prize. So are they locked away forever in this parallel universe? Well, we-, we haven't seen Rose since. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they said the, 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 the the universes are sealing themselves off, they said. But, you know, we they said that before. Yeah. I mean, she can come back, of course. But, right. you know. Cause, it would be a good reason to have older David Tennant at some point in the future. Indeed. 
Mm-hmm. Indeed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe 60th yeah. anniversary. Right. I see uh, him and Billy Piper in there and their baby. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. That would be interesting. Now, there is, before we get to the next scene, let me mention real quick, there is a scene that was cut from the final uh, airing that has the doctor giving Rose and the Metacrisis doctor um, a baby TARDIS or something that they can grow Mm -hmm. their own TARDIS. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And... I keep meaning to, to go back and look at all of Torchwood again because somewhere along the way, Jack acquires one of those too. Interesting, right? I don't remember that? Hmm. I don't. I can't pin that down either. Or maybe I'm conflating both of those things. But I, I, I thought that, that Jack was trying to grow a TARDIS as well. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe this was the story that I heard, and I'm getting them mixed up now. But anyway, anyway. But anyway. speaking of Jack, let me go back real, real quick um, because I don't want to get. Re- re- Right now to the Donna moment, but another scene that I liked or that had very kind of pulling at your heartstrings. I like the scene between Mickey and Jackie, that <laughs> goodbye scene. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because remember this was in the second episode. We've got Mickey. I don't know. Remember, he, I don't think he was in jail, but basically for a year, he was the prime suspect because of Jackie uh, mm-hmm. Rose's disappearance, thinking yeah. that he had done something to her. Mm-hmm. So as two characters, you know, he's more into, you know, saying goodbye to her than he is. And he doesn't even, we don't even see him saying goodbye to Rose. No, no. He, I mean, he, he's very dismissive about that it's, you know it's not going to be to stay here with rose i know that right yeah yeah yeah, it's, mm. yeah, yeah. mickey said i've been through enough with yeah. Yeah. exactly um, yeah but i love that for the characters is is mm-hmm. where i was going with that is yeah. you know he's grown so much as a character from being the guy that's holding on to her leg like protect me in, mm-hmm. in the first episode. Yeah, ever since Father's Day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So let's um let's go ahead and get up to binary, 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 binary. We yeah. find out that there cannot be or there never has been a human time lord meta crisis because there can't be. Right. Thoughts. Lee, why don't you take this one first? Thoughts. Well, in the TV movie, the, night, the doctor says that he's uh, part human. Um, I just thought I'd mention that. It's one of the, it's one of the reasons I don't like the, the TV movie. Because all we can say is, what? Rule number one, the doctor lies. Oh, okay. But um, <laughs> but so, so here we are a little bit later saying no. <laughs> Canonically, no. So thank you. Um, yeah, my notes about this just say the tragedy of Donna. It's... What a colossal actor moment for Catherine Tate when she knows because she has his mind. Yeah. But she can't say it. And so he has to say it. And she wants to argue with him and she plays it both ways at once. It's just brilliant. Like, don't say that. But the subtext is, I know, I know. Mm. And then to beg him, don't erase her memory. Don't, don't do it. But she knows. I mean, and, and so the, 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 the subtext is, he says, but this is going to kill you. And, you know, so what she's saying is this would be worse. 
for you to take this away from me. That's worse than me dying. Don't here. make me go back. Don't make me go back. Yeah. <gasps> oh my God. Do you know what's happening? Yeah. There's never been a human time lord metacrisis before now. And you know why? Because there can't be. I want to stay. Look at me. Donna, look at me. I was going to be with you. Forever. I know. Rest of my life. Travelling. In the TARDIS. The Doctor Donna. like the fact that her memory is erased by his telepathic powers i guess is what we're led to believe yeah yeah i don't i don't know if i like that um it, it reminds me a lot of um mr smith uh the episodes you just referenced a minute ago uh, i don't know it's sad it's very sad uh, the fact that the fact that she can be amidst all the stuff that is still that we're seeing the results of Mm-hmm. And all the news and th- that's going around now of, of what the earth has just been through, but none of that jogs her memory? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, that bothers me too. Yeah, it feels like we can't have it both ways. We keep being told in the new series that uh, the earth is now. Uh, we can no longer pretend that there aren't other life forms out there and that they're not coming here. We all know that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's part of the Doctor Who universe. Is that people on Earth know this, but now we say, but Donna doesn't, and she can't. No, see, I don't see it that way. I see it that Donna knows that, but is just like, oh, well, that's something else. That's not me. You know, this is, oh, did you see what such and such did this weekend? Blah, blah, well, you know. no, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, because, right, yeah. Yeah, and also I think what was tragic about it is not only the fact that she's losing all her newfound doctor powers, mm-hmm. she is losing the journey. Yes. And, and, and we know how much the journey has changed her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wilf mentions it. You know, I, I just think of the conversations her and Wilf had, which are so much fun and mm-hmm. bonds them that much closer. He can't even bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. But see, it's it heartbreaking when, when Wolf says she, he was, she was better with, with you. you. Yes. The doctor mm-hmm. says, don't say that, but she was. But see, yeah. isn't that just the other side of the pendulum? You know, it swung back to the other way. We see Davros and he is saying, this is what you make of people. 
Mm. But we take it in the other direction and see, you wrote down the tragedy of Donna. Interestingly enough, I wrote down the beauty of Donna. That was my, mm. uh, yeah. you know, because you take, because this is why Catherine Tate's Donna Noble has become pretty much in my top two or three companions is because you take a character in her first appearance that I was so turned off to and you bring her back and you transform her into this rich character that does not even see her own self-worth until the very end. And yes, there is tragedy in, in the fact of what happened to her, but the fact that the doctor and being around the doctor and she herself, the things that she herself, I'm not giving the doctor's character total credit, that she herself did, transformed this shallow temp, as she kept calling herself, into yeah. this brilliant person that even before being Dr. Donna was telling him, save one person, was telling him, you know, save the ood, doing all of this as Donna Noble. And I just think that's beautiful. It really is. And that was beautifully put, too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And just just to add that you talked about what it added to Donna's journey. And you can talk about all the rest of the companions that Davros was trashing when he gave his little story about murderers. What they what who they who would they be with not without the journey of the doctor? I mean, I think ultimately all of them have changed for the good. They're mostly are working on the side of right, Torchwood, um, uh, Martha with Unit and whatever Sarah Jane is doing. I haven't watched the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> but even though we're, he's going to make this statement that they're murderers, the journey has also made them into these incredible people. And, and I think that can't be missed. Uh, and I almost didn't even yeah. think about it till you just made your little spiel about Donna. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. That too is a really great point. Very, very good point. Brilliant. Oh, I love this episode. All right, <laughs> so gentlemen, before we get into our final, um, you know, well, not our final review, our favorite quote and our favorite scene. Are there any other things that you guys had written down to bring up that we have not hit upon? It struck me this time, and maybe the first time I saw it, that we've we've now had a, a, a series of tearful partings with companions, or at least difficult partings with companions. And then the doctor goes back inside the TARDIS, and we see him alone, and he takes off his coat, and he goes around and flips switches. And then something else happens that leads us into the Christmas special. And... The, this whole tragic scene with, with Donna and this parting with Wilf and the ar- last argument with Sylvia. Now the doctor goes inside the TARDIS and we played the same kind of scene again, just as we've seen twice before. And I think, mm, speaking only for myself, I had this sense of dread. I thought, don't interrupt this now. No, don't, don't crash into the Titanic or something. You know, I just, (laughs) uh, no, just let it end right here. And that's what happens. Thank goodness. Isn't Mm -hmm. it lovely? Yes. We just end on his face. Yes. And I'm, I think I'm right there with you that I was expecting. And interestingly enough, in my research for this episode, RTD had to be talked into doing that. The original idea was to have the doctor turn around and two Cybermen be standing in the TARDIS. Yeah. Glad no. that they didn't do that. No, no. 
Yeah. All right. So any other things before we get into our favorite scene? All right. So favorite scene, Clarence, what was your favorite scene? Oh, man. So I would have brought this up in Do You Have Anything Else? But we didn't mention it, so I wanted to save it. Okay. Uh, how many have died in your name, Doctor? That, oh, mo- that montage. Oh, oh my gosh. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. And, I, and, and honestly, the big part that Davros does not see in this, now I guess the Doctor is just running this, playing this back through his head as we see these scenes. Mm-hmm. Almost all these people sacrificed for the greater good in their deaths, which I think is a, a noble mm. death, but dead nonetheless. True. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that whole flashback was just beautiful when it made me, you know, stop my Amazon player and, <laughs> and look at who was in each of the scenes. Just that's a great little, little montage there. Mm, agreed. But I think it also harkens back to how diabolical and mad that Davros is. I mean, mercy aside, you know, he is still Davros. And yes, he may know a little bit of mercy, but he is still a crazy, maniacal madman. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, but, but was it, but, but was that your favorite scene there? Yes. Yes. Oh, excellent. All right. Lee Shackelford, what say you? Well, I've already spoken about it, but I just I love that moment where the doctor has to confront Don about the the meta crisis and the fact that it's going to burn her up from the inside. Um, the, the the writing of that scene and the poignancy of it and the performances from both of them, particularly from Catherine Tate, it's just spellbinding, especially if you've been loving her. Throughout this season, and then to see this happen to her now, I, even though I knew it was coming, even though I've seen the episode several times, I just cried and cried watching it this time. It just really hit me. And um, I think I've mentioned this before. I've written myself something in an upcoming relativity where I, as a voice actor, am going to have to cry. And I think I can do it. But my strategy that I now have planned is I'm going to watch Journey's End again <laughs> before I go record, because then I think I can do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, so, I'm, going, so I'm going to add a, a little speculation slash commentary mm. on to why that happens, because I think watching these in order create mm-hmm. a different narrative in our head than just watching them cold coming into right? just a singular Absolutely. And yeah. add to the fact that you're watching them, we're then getting on and talking about them and, you know, and adding more layers to these characters. So I think, because I did too, I totally, you know, uh, teared up, you know, watching, watching that. But my mm-hmm. favorite scene actually has to go back to being the one that I mentioned before with the Ood singing in the background and flying yeah. planet earth back home. <laughs> that it is such fun. That yeah. is just so much fun. And that was actually the, um, well, there was a day in 2011 that I've watched that episode. So I won't mention that. So anyway, but, <laughs> but some, but somebody in there passed away that was on that scene. So anyway, Oh uh, yeah. So, but it, it's the scene is so much fun that yeah, it know, is so much fun. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Prima so, looks at the camera and it's okay. It is okay. <laughs> so, um, favorite quote, Clarence. What was your favorite quote? 
I think I just have a little fun with this. I love the scene where, where Jack and, and Mickey meet again. And it's like, Mickey Mouse, mm. Captain Cheesecake. <laughs> That's beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop the hugging. Yeah. Oh, that was great. That was, that was fun. Good. All right, Lee, favorite quote. <laughs> Mine's a Captain Jack, too. Uh, this is the bookend for last week's, is that I love the fact that they, they stuck with the character joke of Harriet Jones right up to the end, so that even the Daleks say, yes, we know who you are. <laughs> I wondered if there was going to be room for a Captain Jack uh, horny joke. and uh, Yes, there was. When, when Sarah says, so there's three doctors? And Jack says, I can't tell you what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, and we know what you were thinking. We know exactly what you're thinking right now. <laughs> um, all right. So you took it in a funny direction, and I'm going to somber it back up. My favorite quote was, the rest of my life, traveling in the TARDIS, the Dr. Donna, no, oh, my God, I can't go back. Don't make me go back. Doctor, please don't make me go back. So that was my favorite quote. Yeah. It's hard to beat that. All right. But what we can't beat is our final rating for this episode. Clarence Brown, what say ye? Five. Great episode. Five. All right. <laughs> Lee Shackelford, what say ye? Oh, five. No, uh, I mean, not not zero five. I mean, oh, O-H, comma, five. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make that clear. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to give it an O-H exclamation mark five. There you go. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Enough said, as Stan Lee would say. Just enough said. Brilliant. All right. So, gentlemen, Lee Shackelford, where else might people find you on the Internet? People will find me at RelativityPodcast.com, home of the multiple Audioverse Award-nominated podcast, Relativity. Awesome. Clarence Brown, what say you? Ah, uh, yeah, you can check me out by going to DiscussingNetwork.com and check out all the other podcasts we do. Excellent. And, and you know what? And I'm going to forego my own how you get in touch with me and, and mark it back over to Lee and let you talk just really, really quick about something that is coming up in April 2020. Yeah, that's right. Another place that people can find me and I guess all three of us, huh? Is uh, Wi-Fi Sci-Fi dot o r g. That's spelled the way you would think it would be: W i f i s c i f i o r g. Home of the um, upcoming live performance of six amazing science fiction podcasts, including Relativity, and also Sage and Savant, Moonbase Theta Out, Girl in Space, Ninth World Journal, and who am I forgetting? Oh, I don't know. Don't let me get my red Sharpie. <laughs> or squeeze a squeeze a ketchup packet yes. around and see yeah, what had, you get there. Yeah, so. I had a ketchup pan around here somewhere. With your, with your, but it's not my fault. Cinnamon stick. It's not your fault. Oz9, of course, is going to be there as well. So um, with their whole cast and crew. So it's going to be an amazing evening. And uh, if you happen to be in Seattle, Washington on April 25th next year, that's fun for you. But what about all the people who can't be there? We are planning to record this Mama Jama. So there's going to be a live at Copious album afterwards. And in the meantime, we're putting together a crowdfunding organization to, to help get us all out there. And so if you go to wifi sci-fi.org, you'll, you'll soon be seeing information about that as well. And because it's an Indiegogo, that means perks 
That means there are Wi-Fi, sci-fi things that you will be able to get for uh, your your support of the whole venture. And some of that is exclusive content about all six of those shows, including Relativity, that can't be found anywhere else in the universe. So there you go. Wi-Fi, sci-fi.org. Excellent. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, Actually, I couldn't thanks. have said it. So I'm glad you said it. <laughs> I haven't been practicing, so I think I kind of rambled there. I got to get my pitch down. No, I think but you thank, did. But I think you did quite you for, well. Thank you. But but thank you for for tossing that over. You didn't you didn't have to do that on discussing who, but you did because no. you're cool. No, well, we want to because it's part of the family. So there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, for everyone listening, thank you for being on this journey with us through series four. And we will be back next time with the genesis of the Daleks. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?